yeah. All right, we out here. Yeah. I don't have Are funny you? names though, so it's gonna be pretty boring. No, nothing wrong with that. It's hard coming right. up with funny names, bro. I, I fucking, <laughs> I failed nine times out of eleven. So. Oh, thank. <laughs> All right, so welcome back to another episode of Between You and Me, the podcast. Hey, I'm first this time. My name is Michael. I don't know what Elijah does, but I'm fucking Michael. I'm the host of the show. I'm a bad bitch. I'm the baddest bitch. No. I'm a bad bitch. You can't kill me. Howdy, buddy. And I am joined by my co host, Mark. That's me. Elijah. What's good, niggas? And Paul. Hello. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, today we are going to be talking, discussing, reviewing The Legend of Korra, wow. the follow-up series to the hit series, Avatar The Last Airbender. What's that? I've never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise known as the show that needs to get its ass to Netflix now. Facts. Yeah. Um, the Legend of Korra follows Korra. She is the avatar that directly succeeds Avatar Aang. Uh, the series takes place in a universe in which the people can manipulate the element depending on, you know, their nation of origin um, between water, earth, fire, and air. There's some sub-elements in there if we want to get yeah. technical. Yeah. Um, and Aang's adventure focused on ending a war that's lasted over a century. And Korra's adventure begins after Aang dies and kind of seeing what Aang's done in the meantime. Um over the course of four seasons, we kind of get like almost like an anthology type series where each season stands alone and she kind of, you know, comes into herself as the avatar. The first season, um, she's dealing with a revolution in which um, this scary man is trying to take away the bending from everyone in the city Yo. and eventually mm -hmm. the world. Um, the second season involves her kind of. Um, learning about her past, her origin as the Avatar, as we didn't get to see that in the original series, and mm -hmm. how that pertains to being the bridge between the human and the spirit world. The third season deals with um, another kind of revolution, but it's more of an anarch anarchist revolution. So um, she's kind of dealing with someone who's trying to take her out because she is a person in a Shit. position of power. Another scary man. Another fucking scary man. And it was... Oh, I'll talk about that later. Um, and the <laughs> fourth season... The fourth season was, like, the only season that seemed directly, like, impacted by the previous season, where it's the events of the third season directly shape what happened in the fourth season, in which, because a anarchist group is trying to take out people of power and happens to succeed... The fourth season is trying to take out a person who climbed to power. Am I making sense? Through, through she, that. Someone claimed yeah. power. They Hitler did. Yeah, they Hitler did. I, well, I don't want to say like a fascist regime, but that's basically that's what it literally was. literally what happened. <laughs> she they battles were, a fascist regime. There was a vacuum of power. It was taken up by and a she, dictator. And she didn't want to relinquish it. Not the Avatar, the fascist dictator. I think that's something that's really <laughs> like I think to talk about is the way the show um the way the show seasons came out because it's kind of interesting. The mm -hmm. first season of the show, um the one where we were dealing with the, the equalists and the people who could not bend and trying to take bending away and whatnot, 
it was like kind of a it was created to be a standalone mini series that like was essentially the sequel to Avatar. It was only supposed to be that one season. Nope. Um, afterwards, Nickelodeon was like, "Whoa, they like this show. Let's give them more seasons." Um, and they gave them they gave them additional seasons after that. Um, mm -hmm. Season two was a regular season, but season three and season four, Nickelodeon kind of, for lack of a better term, kind of screwed them. And half of it was like kind of online and the episodes just kind of came out like willy-nilly super quick um so it was kind of like it was on a very irregular schedule but i actually forgot they did that oh my god it was god. very weird that was so very bad weird. but from very what bad. i heard the, like they were hiding their own show the, the creators <laughs> of the show kind of preferred that it was entirely online it gave them the freedom to do things they couldn't do in the last mm -hmm. airbender like just openly talk about like i saw someone in the third season just straight up get killed like it wasn't yeah. like yep. you know it wasn't like jet where you know it was very unclear no it was very fucking clear what happened to these people in this series so i kind of mm -hmm. like the, the mm -hmm. online version i got a hot take for cora when y'all are ready for it <laughs> uh well we haven't really talked about the show too much yet so we'll get it'll, 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 it'll get there to get to the hot <laughs> <laughs> It, the show the show in itself is obviously like we mentioned before it, it's a it's a sequel series to avatar the last airbender and it's very interesting in that i feel like a lot of the strengths and weaknesses kind of come from that where like um at least when you the, my first initial like when i first watched the show it's very interesting seeing this world now because the last time we had seen the world was a hundred years as far as the world's time goes so a lot of things have changed a lot of technologies changed bending in itself the form that people use to manipulate the elements has changed there's a lot different from when we had last seen the show they, they really mm -hmm. do go from like an ancient kind of world where everyone's like or like hunters and gatherers and they have these settlements that, mind you there's a few like huge cities into kind of like a sprawling metropolis in 70 years it's it's really kind of crazy how they like it almost looked like the like the 20s or the 30s yeah night and day um i guess the biggest question to start with is like what did you think of cora like the character she's the she's the main character what do we, what do we how, think? how she how she mc how she do how she do i think that's a good question for elijah to answer first <laughs> it really is yeah um <laughs> cora grew on me um at first, she was a she she was kind of annoying. So, all right, I actually talked to my coworker about this. Right, I was like, um, I was talking to my coworker, Kai. Shout out to you, my guy. Um, and I was like, yeah, I'm watching Legend of Korra right now. Um, I'm vibing with it. He was like, really? I couldn't really fuck with it. I was like, why? He was like, nigga, because Korra is too pouty. I was like, what you what you talking about, nigga? And then I went back and watched Korra. She averaged like three Stormwatch episodes. You don't agree with me? Huh? Then she stormed the fuck out. <laughs> like, Korra, why the fuck are you so pouty for it, kid? Mm -hmm. But like, as the seasons went on and she started to mature, which is also cool to see the maturation process. And mm -hmm. like, I know how some people, um, some people don't fuck with Korra, or, but I took it as like the life lessons that are learned in Korra. Cause there's a lot of there's a lot of you know fighting your inner self, you gotta you know a lot of inner demons, anxiety building up, like just the lessons that Cora taught me in general. Um, as the seasons went on, I was like, okay, I fuck with this. Cora as a person, you got my vote, girl. Yeah, <laughs> and I think it's 
I think it's something that's really like that I feel like people complain about a lot that kind of bothers me um, is that people will say that a story or something is bad because they don't like a character exactly. and it's mm -hmm. not, and sometimes it makes sense that you don't like this character and what I mean when I say that is yes Cora, Cora does pout a lot and she complains and she storms out a lot but given the way that she grew up like she grew up completely like surrounded by people who basically like like their their entire like existence the white lotus was basically just to protect the avatar and make sure she learned everything and everything like, right. so she was completely sheltered her entire time growing up which is completely different from like w from what we saw with ang because ang was kind of on his own after i mean after he was 12 years old he was basically yeah. out there on his own with so, like, friends and as an air nomad, he's already a and, and he's already an air nomad. So like, obviously, Cora is gonna go into this world with like this this chip on her shoulder. She's been told since she was a little kid she's in the Avatar. Like this is like you're basically the savior. She was told when she was a little kid, and she's been made to feel that way as she's been surrounded by people who are basically at like her beck and call. And now she has to go out into the real world, and she thinks she's way more confident than she has any right to be. That, that, that always kind of are you saying Cora is a Karen <laughs> like it always <laughs> felt like she Relax. kind of suffered because like she just was so sheltered at the first mm. season she didn't know what was happening in the town that there was this revolution because she was in the South Pole learning the elements and then the second season like no one bothered to tell her like who her uncle was her dad wasn't proud enough to say like what he had done to him third season like no one bothered to tell her that like when she was a child she was almost murdered and then the yeah. well no she wouldn't have been murdered they just wanted her to open the portal so she would never mind so and then the fourth season like no one told her what was going on with the earth kingdom like no one's telling her these things and like because she's so like overzealous she throws herself into it with like little knowledge and then she makes these mistakes and it's like we kind of like look badly upon her, but it's like, look at the people around you. They have all of this information and they're not sharing it with you. That, mm -hmm. that seemed kind of sucky to me. And you're the avatar. And she, you're supposed and she, to know these things. But like, how, how is she just going to know, know these things? And like, I think the first time you see her, it's like so, it's so intelligent. I think it's so smart how they do it because you literally walk, like you haven't met this character at all. And she says, I'm the avatar. You have to deal with it. And it's like she's, it's the like she's saying that. The show is telling you this. This is it. It's like, not Aang. Listen, this character yeah. is not Aang, and you have to deal with it. She was happy to be the Avatar, and you might not like her, but deal with it. That's what she is. You'll be I out. kind of like... I, Nelly I, carries through all her actions, too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I watched a video. I can't remember what it was or who it was by, but they kind of talked about the, like, the reincarnation process of the Avatar and their theory, and it's like as the next the next avatar comes and like models a part of the last avatar that they were missing or lacking like how avatar kirk the waterbender before Korra, was like this passive guy who didn't really do anything and then was followed up by kiyoshi who was super serious and took the job like fucking kiyoshi serious and she was will kill a nigga exactly <laughs> yes, and then was followed she didn't up by technically Roku, kill him. who did nothing or was very uh indecisive he was indecisive yeah. and he was very uh, relaxed and tried to think the best of people whereas kiyoshi killed a bitch <laughs> yep. and then ang you know is this free-spirited person who kind of has to you know figure his path out and didn't want to be the avatar and then is succeeded by Korra, who is like 
I'm the Avatar, you gotta deal with it. So, you know, they kind of always get something that the last Avatar didn't have. Um, That's actually I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. That's cool to think about it that way. I didn't even include Yang Chen either, so. Mm. She oh, was, and, and, that, and then that follows too, because Yang Chen set the precedence for the Avatar. She's widely regarded as the best Avatar there ever was, and is followed up by Kurik, who died at year 30, because Shit. he mm. was not good because everything was already done for him what the, that's what, fair. What, what's this, the what's best the avatar was there before you. Already done? <laughs> like, <laughs> it, it, it really is it really is interesting with Korra's character I, they just they outright just said unapologetically this is not Aang mm-hmm. um, nope. and it's funny because there were points in time in the, the original show Avatar Last Airbender where I'd be like Aang you're kind of getting on my nerves by trying to like avoid you know killing the killing the fire lord or anything mm-hmm. like that and Korra would have done that shit. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah. Like, and now it's like I'm getting annoyed with her for always going in the fights. It's like the exact opposite. It's like there's like no one's like right in the middle. Everyone just like somehow annoys you one way or the other. Yeah, but the characters are not, and this is credit to the show. The characters are so true to themselves. It's seen as a fault. Like Aang is so committed to pacifism yeah. that us and all of his friends are like, dude, this guy is fire Hitler get rid of this guy <laughs> but he won't because that's his nature he was raised that way and they the show had to make a way for him to commit to that when everyone else said otherwise and core is the same way yeah as much as some people and i'm not one of those people but as much as some people didn't like Cora, they thought she was naive or thought that she was too emotional because she would storm out on people if they didn't agree with her like, the thing is, Korra is headstrong. Like, she's going to do what she wants the, the best way she thinks is possible, even if it's detrimental to her. And yet she does grow up in a sense of where she she does learn from her past. She doesn't lose that headstrongness. It just mm-hmm. gets applied to different things. Also worth, like, noting, like, they are... I, I, they're not substantially older than the gang in The Last Airbender, but like when you're 12 and going to like 16, that is a massive difference. Yeah. They're like, you're a 16 year old girl. Like, yes, you're going to be hormonal and you're going to, you know, be headstrong and you're going to want to, yeah. well, I don't want to say fight, but like, yeah, you know, she's going to want to always be right and want she's things bold. her way. She's the brave and the bold. And what's crazy is actually that you bring up their age, like, their core's cast is as old as Zuko was when we met him. Yeah. So imagine Zuko as angsty as he was. Yes. Keep in mind that he did have things going on, but so do these guys. Yeah. Like they have and stuff. They're teenagers with shit going on. Like four Zukos <laughs> would literally complain for the entire episode. I mean, that's a great comparison because <laughs> I feel like Zuko as a kid is very much like Korra. He's just very just headstrong, like very passionate, and very like. Uh, tunnel visiony, like yeah. I have to get yeah. the honor, I have to be the avatar, I have, and, you know, and then always makes yeah. up plans, and then like gets halfway through the plan, and then realizes they didn't have any way of getting out of the plan. Like, yeah, that's yeah. exact same. And Zuko before. even had like problematic moments, like when we watched the original show. How many times have we seen Zuko say some off the wall shit to Iroh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we were looking at Zuko sideways. We're like, dude, like. <laughs> What are you talking about? Cora did the same thing. Like tens and all the time got some shit thrown at him. Like you know what's you know what I think is such a Zuko moment for Cora is in season one when she like calls out Amon and says, Come meet me here, come fight me. And then like and like she gets completely ambushed. And it's funny because I can picture Iroh sitting there being like having that same 
conversation that he has with Zuko and at Lake Lao Guy, where he's like, "You got all the way here, and then you had nowhere to go. You like you Mark. made a plan, and you didn't think it through." And Mark, now I'll give you one even better. This literally happened to Zuko when he challenges Azula to Agni yeah. Kai, and then she jumped him with the dialy. Like, no like, no thanks. No thanks. It's literally the exact same thing. Are you gonna challenge me? <laughs> But I think it's also important to, to kind of talk about the, the negatives here. Um, yes. and, and I'm still going with Cora, just her. Like, she is the only one that I felt really grew, like, in the series. Like, the series was, it wasn't like the last Airbender where it was really about the gang and the world. It was, this show was mostly just about Korra. Yeah. Yes. You get, like, the most in-depth analysis on her, like, in the first season, when she challenges Amon and she discovers how fucking terrified she is, or when she gets injured and then spends three years trying to recover. It's like, she really does grow. But the Mm -hmm. thing is that the other characters do not. Bolin, Mako, and Asami are more or less the same as they were in the first season. I don't know if I agree with that. Oh, really? We have a dissenting opinion. Takes, 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 takes. What do you have to say? No, I mean, I would, I will, I will agree that they did not grow as much as Korra did, because Korra went through some shit in all in those seasons, but they all grew in their own different way because, like, when they went their separate ways, when Korra dips after she was shook from getting her hands. uh, after uh what's his name uh Zahir put the paws on that motherfucker she was shook she said no monster and then she dipped for like those three years like and you come back and all of a sudden Mako's a security guard and you guys you guys think like Mako and Bolin started off on the fire ferrets not really having any direction they started off homeless and then you see as they grow up Mako is now the bodyguard for you know the the soon-to-be king uh, Bolin is now a, uh, a security guard for whatever. And what's her name? What's her name? Amai? Asami. I keep Why do I keep want to? Oh, okay. A soy sauce. Um, uh, she. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like, okay. But if you compare that to season one, like, Mako is still the same, like, boring nothing that he was. Bolin yeah. still airheaded. He didn't realize that Korra and Mako liked each other. And then in season four, he doesn't realize what Kuvir is doing. And Asami inherited her, you know, father's legacy. And then in season four, she's just doing it. And it's it, like... She's just doing the thing. Yeah. It does... I, I do feel this. like they time jump maybe a lot of progression, at least for Asami. Because I have to imagine that Asami had to have gone through some shit. But it probably happened in the three years, you know, that yeah. are between season three and four. Well, and the issue I- is, is that they don't travel together. Like, Aang and, mm-hmm. and company grew, and we noticed the changes because we literally saw them on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. Like, the we only time skip was when Aang passed out from getting shot with light. Yeah. I, I, you know what? I think that's something that's really important to remember too. Is that like, let's if we're if we're being completely honest, Avatar: The Last Airbender is kind of a glorified road trip movie. Like, episode. Yeah. Mm. it's like they're just traveling around doing their thing. And road trip movies in particular are really good because of the because of the um the relationship between the characters. Because you're just seeing them kind of travel different places in different situations constantly. And the relationship between each other are the most important ones. 
Whereas with Korra, it's not like that. You're right. They don't travel together. So whatever, each season, the most important relationship for Korra is with whoever the villain is. It isn't with, with any of their friends. Yeah. The exactly. friends' relationships are basically the same. It's Korra versus whoever. That's what matters. Yeah, Whereas with Aang, Aang it was never like one. Aang and Ozai. Nobody ever... I never cared about their relationship because they didn't really have one. I agree with that point. It and it really... It's <laughs> demonstrated, like, uh, when... Akora is captured by Zaheer, and what does she do? She enters the state, she has the poison in her, and she is hallucinating um, Unalak and Aman's face. She yeah. still sees them. She still has that relationship with those other villains. In season four, when she can't beat Kuvira, what does she do? She goes back to see Zaheer, because that relationship with herself and, and her, her villains and defined her more than her relationship I with her friends like the last airbender was. I will yep. say that I, I do agree in terms of the bond not being as close as the last airbender because like you saw the growth like when Cora left the biggest they talk to each other no more. They went three uh, years without talking No, to they literally lived their like, own lives. Towards the end of season two of The Last Airbender, when they're about to split up for that like couple moments, I don't know if you remember this, but like they were all like they were all like, Oh crap, we're gonna have to like split up. They yeah. gave each other like a big hug and it was like a big moment because they had spent yeah. so much time together and they were like, Wow, we're really gonna have to spend a week apart. Right, Whereas right, with Cora, right. they were like three years. <laughs> didn't even know the past. And they didn't even talk like, to each other. Like Cora okay, couldn't even Marco, talk to anyone. It's been so long. Yeah, only person. Okay. Yeah. I would probably hug you like if it's been three years and Facts. you are a part of my yeah. life. But then again, Facts. But then again, it kind of also comes back to like these kids are a little bit older. Like they're like nineteen. They're they're moving in the direction where like you know as you get to that age, that's when you start to like move away from your friends, and that's something that's normal. Where it's like it's like high school with, with you teenagers, high school. like eleven, twelve year olds, your friends, you're like I'm gonna be friends with these people for fucking life, yeah, forever. <laughs> um, you know? Ever. Um. So, do you guys feel like um? Do you feel like the character connections, as far as like like we talked like. Korra's group wasn't as tightly knit. Like, they didn't need each other, I feel, as much. And it wasn't as important to the story. Do you guys feel like that was a detriment to the story? Or did you like that it was, the focus was more on Korra and her working through being the Avatar on her own? Yeah. You know what? Like, I'm sorry. I have so much to say about Korra because, like, I hate that the show gets such a bad rap sometimes. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I liked the way Korra approached the other characters. And I'm expanding well beyond just Bolin, Asami, Mako, and, and Korra. Like, I know I said Korra was really the only one who got, like, a big development, but I'd say Janora did, too. She became an oh. airbending master, the first one in a generation. I think Tenzin um, did, too, bro. Tenzin? Yeah. And Tenzin, Tenzin, yeah. Well, Tenzin, uh, but he was already established as an airbending No, no, I'd like the development. <laughs> Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah like, <laughs> with the spirit world and everything, and having to, and then also having to be okay with being Aang's son and not necessarily being like, a spiritual leader. Or that so that not was like father, yeah. that's kind of what I wanted to talk about. It was like where in the last Airbender, it was like this these long drawn out storylines where they like you know come into themselves and develop. In Korra, you get more of like a slice of life type of thing where like instead of learning about like four or five characters and learning so much about them, I felt like I learned so much about like at least a dozen and a half characters like Sue and Lin and Tenzin and Tenzin's kids and even Pema and the prince and freaking uh, Sue's six kids and 
you know, uh, Varric and Julie and my Tonrock Rock and Senna. Like they, I learned they, about everyone. They definitely took a much more Game of Thrones approach with this. And I say Game of Thrones approach because anyone who's watched the show knows that there are a million characters and in a given episode, each character's plot will move forward about 45 seconds. And then you'll be like, huh. And then at the end of the season, you'll be like, okay, it culminated in something, but it will take a very long time. And and like, that's different from Avatar Last Airbender because obviously the whole time you're watching the show, you're like, oh, every episode's with everybody. And you're constantly seeing everyone's like- The core group's developed. always there. But regardless of how they develop the characters, I never felt like the world faltered at all. It still felt massive and real, and I loved it. Um, mm -hmm. The one thing, and I talked to you about this, like back to almost like a negative sort of thing. Remember how I kind of discussed like the episodic versus the narrative-based episode? Um, like in The Last Airbender, how it was very episodic, how they like had a, a, a plot like in every episode, and they overcame something. So each episode was kind of almost like a standalone world and they learned something each time whereas in Korra it's like not like that it's the whole season is the narrative mm. so it's like you're not getting these little triumphs across the season where actually you're getting a lot of failures across the season until the end where she succeeds so it's like yeah. yes she's going to have more of a like a negative reputation because you're spending more time watching her fail than succeed like team avatar mm -hmm. i mean yeah. say what you want about that. like i don't know if you guys have any like differing uh, opinions on that do you agree with that i guess my things about the my, the friends and stuff is that it also i feel like it's also a lot of you know like we've already said a lot of stuff carrying over from the previous show and when i say that i mean everyone's convinced that like her friends needed to like necessarily evolve and have like demanding story arcs but not everybody has that you know not every character is like that and you know what i thought was really interesting is that they always make out that Mako and Bolin are good benders, but they're not prodigies, you know? Mm -hmm. They're not amazing. They're not Azula. They're, but like literally in Avatar Last Airbender, Toph was like literally the best earthbender outside of possibly Boomy. Katara like in four seconds was an amazing waterbender. Sokka was like a, like a military leader in like 12 minutes. It's like all of them were prodigies, whereas these guys are just kind of people who are friends of the Avatar, you know? Like, Bolin is just an earthbender that happens to be really good friends with Korra. And that person doesn't necessarily need to have a super demanding or incredible story arc, because he's kind of just yeah. another guy that's, that just happens to find himself in close proximity to the Avatar. That's true. They're not, they're not even her masters. Like, they didn't, she, none of those people taught her. They get their, well, they get their cock cleaned by the Red Lotus. They, yeah, get, they, they get destroyed. Well, that's <laughs> the gonna, thing. Like, the, the last airbender demanded that Aang's team needed to be the best because Aang had to train faster than any other previous Avatar. Uh -huh. Like, he couldn't have some so-so Earthbender on his team. He needed someone that could invent a new form of Earthbending because he had to learn it in six months. Okay, and wow, Aang crazy. had to be on Bolin that level. Bolin ain't doing that shit. Bolin ain't doing that. Like, <laughs> love and, and Korra doesn't need it. Korra doesn't need that. The thing is, Korra's journey is different than Aang. Aang didn't go through traditional Avatar training because he ran away. Korra did go through that. She she got master. She had a whole company of people of good teachers that taught her. So what does she need from from uh, her friends besides being friends? She just needs you know? friends. And honestly, yeah. if you just need someone to be a friend to you. Like that's what she ended up needing because 
again, she was built, she was, she was raised from this like super like tight, tight knit community where like she couldn't go out and do anything. So she didn't need masters. She needed friends. And that's yeah. what these people were. They were her friends. You don't even get that the names of her awesome masters. Vendors. Like, you know Aang's group. Like, you don't know Korra's masters besides Tenzin. Yeah. I don't know true. who trained her in firebending or earthbending, like, or waterbending. Like, who cares? Yeah. It's not part of the story. Who cares? Yeah. But it's like so many, I feel like so many people get caught up in wanting to see that, that, that all step. over again. And it's just not that. Uh, and if that's what you want, you're never going to be satisfied by that. Yeah, because there'd be no urgency. <laughs> and this goes into <laughs> this goes into what I was going to say earlier about my hot take. But I was going to say, um, if we put Aang and Korra on a table for what I had to make into a live action series, I would actually make Korra into a live action series before Aang. Hmm. Because I, I feel I, like her story and her her like the, the way her series is set up and like the circumstances that's surrounded by is way more interesting for live action 100%. than what ang was doing because ang was doing oh like ang was just doing like as much as we like that show that show doesn't actually get interesting for like live action purposes until book two True. like like the whole water book is family fun until the last the last you part. flip and slide <laughs> Yeah, oh, like, we, no we, one we, see that that, shit. Like, we did clip that as um, a hot take, by the way. Yeah, I would. we're doing some hot takes because that's a that's a strong hot take that I know a lot yeah. of people won't agree with, but I'm I, I'm full yeah. forward on that one. I I agreed because like all I did was think of like I first I thought of Game of Thrones, and then I thought of Book Four, and I was like I my favorite part of Book Four was not like you know, all of the battles and stuff, it was really watching, like, the politics unfold, especially in the mm -hmm. first episode with the, the state of Yai or whatever. Mm -hmm. We just, like, and it was, you know, sur surrender your power to Kuvira or you're gonna die. And it's like, I liked watching the politics unfold like I enjoyed in Game of Thrones much more than I did the battles in Game of Thrones. Yeah. And the characters, and, like, Michael, you brought this up earlier, but the way Korra structures structures her characters, like you have more interesting characters in Legend of Korra than in Avatar. Because in Avatar, okay, besides your main group, which is Aang, Katara, uh, Sokka, and Toph, and Zuko at the end, but mm. who else is really interesting? You have Iroh, Azula. Mm -hmm. Azula's friends. You don't see Boomy. You don't see Boomy. I'm saying we're talking about reoccurring characters oh, reoccurring. throughout the show, it's like that you're going to see on a regular basis. That is crazy because, like, even yeah. Spooky, you only see in like eight episodes. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah the, one the episode in book one, one and like two, different. and then like the last eight. And yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, you have to live with that. Zuko and Iroh are going to be your main interesting characters outside of the core group until Zuko actually joins the core group. But then you lose Iroh, so... Which is, which is funny, because I think this kind of goes back to why the last Airbender movie was bad, because, I mean, at the end of the day, if we're talking about book one, all you have to do is go through the episodic shit until the end of the season happens. So, like, yep. the literally the movie was, let's go through all the episodic shit, episodic shit until we get to the end of the movie where we're at the North Pole and we just do the last battle. It's like, yeah. it doesn't really lend itself to being interesting to watch in live action. I'm going to call this now. I think for the live action for Netflix, I don't think they're, I think they might make some shit up. 
I, I 100% agree. I, 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 think they're, I don't think they're going to do it like how they did in the show. I think in they're going to make some shit up. In order to make it up. interesting in live action and to like, mm-hmm. especially if they're going to have, out, like if their episodes are going to be like 45 minutes to an hour long, mm-hmm. you have to be making shit up. Because there's no way yeah. you're going to be like on Kiyoshi Island for 45 minutes, like trying to convince us that this is worthy to the plot. Like, well, they you know. did tell us that, that like the live action gives them the chance to expand, because there is no like definite end, like whereas The Last Airbender had three seasons and it was basically structured and weaved already this is like like brand new so they have the chance to say like wow we can spend some time with suki and haru and the fucking fortune teller i don't don't know (laughs) (laughs) they're 100 percent going to make a lot of that stuff up it's gonna be interesting and Um, like cora i feel like cora you don't have to do that if not as much because they already gave us those slices of life like so you can already like the one episode where you see Lynn's backstory and flashbacks, like there's so much more that I would like to know about that. Mm-hmm. And Sue and like Pema telling us about, you know, how she stole Tenzin away. I'm like, yes, I want to hear That's more about you, bitch. Get your man, boo. Get, Get your, your man. man. <laughs> <laughs> no, my, but my favorite one, I'm sorry, Mark. My favorite one was Boomy and his siblings. Hearing that Aang and Katara weren't like, the best parents in the world it was that was deep it was sad and it was shocking but at the same time i'm like that is the most realistic way they could have gone i'm sorry that they're not perfect like we thought that they were but they're humans and ang was more busy being the avatar and trying to rebuild the world right and when boomy got the airbending uh the first thought was oh man dad will be proud of me like you're you're old and and your first thought is that and that's and I think that was something that's so interesting that Michael and I were talking about before, is that when Boomy gets his earth at his airbending at the beginning of season three, his thought process and I and of course Tenzin's thought process must have been you were always an airbender, mm-hmm. oh maybe you just yeah. had a block this whole time, yeah. like yeah. you know because you're a son of Ang why wouldn't you be an airbender you must not have just you must not have realized <laughs> it. it they don't like you wouldn't think that it had anything to do with like the spirits or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. And it's super interesting because it kind of just goes back to like these characters, they're complex in like ways that you don't see. Like you see like like little bits and pieces of their story, but you just know that there's a lot more behind them than what right. you see. Isn't it, isn't it crazy the like the, the picture thing that I told you about? Like when you see the picture of Aang and Katara and the three kids when they're young yeah. and you see that Boomy is like significantly older than Kaya and Tenzin and people like suggest, well, it's because Aang was really waiting to see if Boomy would be an airbender. And then by like nine, when you find out that he's not going to be an airbender, what do they do? They have another fucking kid and it's a girl and she's a waterbender. And then what do they do? Why is Tenzin so like close in age? Because they just went and had another. Found out they were an airbender, boom, they're done. It's crazy. Yeah. That's actually kind of crazy. Like. When you think, and that stuff, I don't know, like that stuff is so interesting. I know Air, I'm not gonna say The Last Airbender isn't interesting, but that story is so compact. And it's when you realize how focused it was on Aang has to defeat the Fire Lord. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's it. Like everything else revolves around that. There's no other nuances. Like, yes, there's interesting characters in there, but the story is so linear and kind of small like i didn't even think the last airbender was about the fire lord like to me one yeah. the, the main villain of the series was always azula and two yeah. the, the purpose of the series was 
Aang mastering the elements. That was really it. Like, yeah. yes, they had the placeholder villain of Ozai, but it was like the whole point was to watch Aang master the elements in less than a year. And I thought it did yeah. it well. But like, it did. Korra is so fucking layered. Yeah, I would definitely say that Korra is the more interesting show to talk about. Like, there's just, yeah. Like, whether, like, whether from like it's the fact that it's the, you know the sequel series, so then you're learning a lot about the other from the from about the last series, comparing it. The fact that like Cora herself is like a very polarizing individual. Um, it's it, there's just a lot to talk about with the show. Yeah. I already know. I already know the hot take title for the video. Is Cora more I, I interesting? Mean, I might than even. Aang. I mean, <laughs> I might even go far enough to say that I think Cora is a better Avatar than Aang was. Yeah. I and, agree. Yeah, a little more. Like, I, that might be controversial, but, no, like... she was more accepting of the position, <laughs> and two, she was more accepting of change, and Aang wasn't. Like, let's be honest, Aang, Aang's stuff was, like, literally, like, laid out for him. He, like, got yeah. out of the iceberg, they were like, oh, there's a fire, there's a fire lord, and he's taking over the world, and Aang's like, I guess that's what I do now. Like, it's not, like, very hard to interpret what his job was. The avatar's supposed to bring balance. There's a guy over there that's causing imbalance. Beat him up. Like, that's it. Yep. Like, And for those complaining, because I know people are going to listen to this and bitch about, oh, well, he did other stuff in the comics. We were talking about what the show showed us, what yeah. they showed Aang doing and what they showed Korra doing. Let's, let's not forget that Korra found out that 10,000 years of darkness were, like, three weeks away. Like, like three weeks away. Yeah. Like yeah, harmonic convergence is like a month away in your time. She, she had no idea that that was going to happen, and then like she passed out one day, found out about Avatar One, and then they were like, "Oh, by the way, you know, the end of the world can be like a couple days away," and she had to like confront that shit. Can you imagine did Aang she, doing that? That's that, crazy. The, the, the weird thing is, like, did she have to confront it? Like, if she hadn't gone nothing would have happened because yeah, no, she no. wouldn't have opened the portal. She was really needed She should have just fucking stayed where she was, like, hid. Hid for Got a month. Fired. But again, <laughs> but again, that, turns, that becomes a thing That's where it's like... That's well, cool. no, no, it's not core. And two, her job is way more complicated than Aang's was. Like, yeah. she has to figure out whether or not her uncle wants, like, opening the portals is a good thing or a bad thing. We're, like, which is, like, completely, like, subjective and nobody really knows the right answer to that yeah. question. Meanwhile, Aang was like, gotta be up the fire, Lord. Very simple. Like, it just seems like her, her crap is a lot more complex. That's true. Like, yeah. opening the portals was a good thing, even though Unalak was terrible. That's the worst. That's, like, the, I mean, that's such yeah. a layered, like, solution. She keeps it open. That And that's great. We haven't even talked about the Avatar cycle being broken, yeah, coming back. We haven't talked about the Red Lotus at all, the, the, the Colossus battle at all. Like, there's so much to talk about that we haven't even scratched yeah. the surface of, and I feel like it's been, like, over an hour. And all he said like four words. <laughs> oh, I just been pissed. I saw his face. He's like, "Yo, these motherfuckers Yo, cut me off at every chance." <laughs> and I never talk during these, so I'm like, I'm, I'm doing my thing. I don't. I was about to take my phone off and walk piece. away. Right, Say your piece, Elijah. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I was just trying to take a quick detour, real quick. So I was trying to say that my favorite part was uh, when Varric was talking about his new, uh, his new movie. In the part mm -hmm. where uh, Zahir called uh, Vatu and was like, "Hey, oh hey, Zahir, <laughs> I'm glad I called you home." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> that was so I good. Like I gotta watch that scene again a lot. <laughs> it's a meme. That that scene, you don't even believe it's happening in that show. It felt like some YouTuber just made it up. <laughs> that, um, we're sorry, Elijah. Nah, it's all good. Y'all, y'all motherfuckers. Very, are very passionate about this stuff. I get. I was like, oh, no, no, no. Okay, that's no, why. Now it's not the time. Oh. <laughs> Literally, me every episode. <laughs> Professor Oak telling you now's not the time to use Max, that. I guess, I guess this is a listening episode for Elijah. Oh. <laughs> well, shit, we've been at it for an hour, so I think it's. I think that's. Uh, I think it's been an hour. I think it's about that time. Has so it? I don't know. It might have been. Honestly, this might have to be. This might have to be a couple of. Uh, this might have to be a series or something. This is. There's a lot to say about this. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we imagine that you, Elijah, also have a lot to say about this too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, definitely a more because um, doesn't Korra come out in twenty? Not the, the last Airbender. I think got revealed to come out twenty twenty one. Oh, is it for their Netflix? About, I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah. The the voice actor for Zuko was coming out, spitting some, spitting some fire. <laughs> oh, so. that's gonna be heat. <laughs> yeah. Ill Rona. Um, Sorry. <laughs> 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 Keep your ass over there, boy. Nah, um, yeah, so we might we might have to do another episode on this shit, yo. Oh, I think we definitely yeah. have to do another episode. Most, uh... I didn't realize we had that much to say. Like, y'all motherfuckers started going in there with the avatars and shit. I'm heated about that shit, dude. It's, yeah. like a, it's like a conversation about Korra turns into a lot because you have to, like, also interpret it based on, like, what people's expectations on Avatar are, and it just turned yeah. into a whole thing. It's, right. This is part one. Yeah. Um, this might be at least three parts, to be honest with you. Like we didn't even get into specific seasons. Right. And we and we didn't even get into like, all right, after harmonic convergence, now Corey has to deal with actual living people and spirits and having them yeah. come together as one. So yeah. that's gonna be a lot. Um yep. so I guess uh Michael, you wanna do the outro, brother? You did the intro. Hit him with it. Hit him with it. Hit him with it. Let's see what you uh, well, you can listen on Spotify, Apple Music, anywhere you listen to a podcast, you can find us. Um, you'll see video on YouTube. Hall. <laughs> um, we have a Facebook fan page between you and me, too, right? Something like that? Yeah, yeah. like the poo. Like the poo. Uh, yeah. And there's uh, Instagram between you and me official. Uh, give us a follow there. We'll follow you back, probably, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, uh, we will. <laughs> We're not like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh if you got God. some, like, racist shit on there, we ain't going to follow you. But, you know, Yo, man. block, fan world, boys. <laughs> 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 but uh, thanks a lot for tuning in, guys, especially for a special episode like Legend of Korra, you oh know, because I love it. We all love it. Uh, yes. So, Keep on listening, please. So we're not going to give you the chicken wings yet, sis. This is a, a three-parter, huh? Yeah, this is an ongoing thing. Yeah. Like we right now, I'm wings. giving it like five, five, five drums. Yeah, I'm gonna give it like five, six, hey. like five or six drummies. It is. Yo, the show is like five drums, but like the conversations are like eight. I love talking that, about this that shit. Shit's it's so, so good. True. It's like, man, I can talk all day about this stuff. Okay, and this was impromptu, too. This yeah, was. A hundred percent. Imagine if we had an outline for this shit, nigga. That's right? what I'm saying. We freestyle this shit. I'll freestyle for Cora. This is facts. Cora, we love you. Cora, we love you. <laughs> <laughs> Performing
mouth guy. Oh yeah, the foamy mouth guy. Oh shit. Um, uh, toodles, niggas toodles. and niggas.